G'day and welcome to the Pursuit of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Burrows, and I'm on a journey to find my freedom so that I can help you do exactly the same. Join me each week as I share the stories of everyday people who have found their own path to freedom. I'm not going to focus on job titles and accolades because I don't care about that stuff and neither should you. I want to uncover what truly makes you tick. Who are you when you step away from society's expectations and follow your heart? I still haven't figured it out yet. Have you? Either way, buckle up because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Woohoo! Here we are at episode 27. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm sitting in my van at the moment. I just finished editing part one and part two back to back. It's still raining. Maybe you can hear it. Maybe you can't. I'm getting a bit tired. It's just after 10 p.m. So I might sit down and watch some Netflix while you press play on this episode. Before I roll it though, I just want to give a slight content warning. There is brief mention of suicide and also abortion. It is brief, but I just wanted to give you a heads up so you're not taken off guard. If you need to skip this one, please do. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. I don't want to give too much away. It's just bloody awesome and it's going to speak for itself. Here we go. I'm sure there's people listening there is a prick going, oh, I don't have to go through a bank. So without giving away all your secrets, where can we look and what kind of options are out there? Because we, I think we're all just, we've grown up to believe, well, if you want to buy a home, you got to have a 20% deposit. you got to go through the bank. you got to have your payslip history, yada, yada, yada. Yep. So what are the alternatives? The banks want you to believe that, Rosie. Right. That's exactly what they want you to believe. And that's what I learned too. I think my first investment property was negatively geared and I'm like, that's what I got told. When you're a property investor, that's what you do. That's a great way to go broke. You never do that shit. That's mm -hmm. just going to keep you in a job. And that's what I think that's what society wants. So this is what I was saying to my guys the other night. I'm like, what you guys need to understand is that what you're actually learning and what you're going to be doing is trailblazing stuff because people don't, they don't want you to know these things. And I think once you realise the power of funding and financing real estate in a non-traditional way, it's incredibly powerful and it opens a lot of opportunity. And I'm a firm believer that the more normalised this becomes in our world, the less scary it becomes. Um, but I still get real estate agents and everyone in between saying, oh, no, you can't do that. That's illegal. No, you might be able to do that in the eastern states but not in Perth. And I'm like, really? Well, I've just done four. Would you like to see the result? And they go, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. And people think, I think it's quite—it's human nature, right? If you don't know it, if you don't understand it, then it's got to be illegal. And um, so mm. when they see a nurse, an ex-FIFO nurse, going and doing all these random things, they're like, okay. <laughs> Maybe yeah. there's something in this. So yeah, I think what I teach my guys basically is you don't have to do this stuff yourself. And, and and what I learned very early on, like coming out of a divorce in your 40s, you're not going to be a great candidate to get a loan. So I learned really quickly then that partnering with other people, so doing joint ventures with other people, is a bloody fabulous way to start. So not only do you have a bit of support, but you can hook up with someone who does have serviceability, who does have um, a good income that the banks will go, okay, and there's no reason why you can't do um, your first deal like that and get moving and get moving very quickly. 
And that's how I was able to accelerate. All of the stuff I do is with joint ventures. Every single deal. I work with other people. I don't do it myself. I could, but I don't, I choose to collaborate with others because it's awesome. So that's a very powerful way of doing it. And then once you get going, you definitely can look at other products on the market. Like we've just purchased a house mainly for my daughter to live in so she can be closer to us. We being in a business, we can't get a, a full full doc loan anymore. Like that's the reality. You have to be in business for X amount of years and then the banks might consider you. But they've got low doc options so you can um, qualify for a loan that way. So there's plenty of things you can do. You could never ever say that that's not for me. You know, people in I've got people in their 60s and 70s doing this stuff and thinking, shit, my life's not over. I can do these things, you know. I can actually look at buying a property and doing a renovation and flip and making a chunk of money. And that's what we teach. And that's game-changing, life-changing shit. I mean, I could talk for about three days just on that subject, but it's important for people to know there is a different way. And the other really cool way is to actually partner with the homeowner and work together with them. They've already got the mortgage. They've already got the house, but they don't know what to do with it. You've got the knowledge. You can come in and go, hey, let's help you here. Like I can renovate your house if you intend to sell it. Um, I'll do it at my cost. And when we sell it, we split the proper 50-50. People will go for that. They're like, well, no one else is going to offer to, to help them that way. So there's so many ways of doing it. Hey, I, when you start learning this, you're like, oh. Mm. And it just goes to show, like, I think this is true in all aspects of our life. We've been conditioned to believe certain things and this is the way it's done. But actually, no. I know. I know. So many different ways and you're living proof of this in the investment and renovation realm. And I think what you teach, what you do is going to make it accessible to so many I'm really hoping so. I actually thought I'm never going to. Yeah, it, it blows your mind. Like I had a class last night and I shared, so we had a property settle on Monday. It's a local property in Hillman and I, I like to show them the figures. I will do that in a group of people I'm teaching, not on social media, but they were all just sitting there with their, they're like, what? So in effort, I'll, I'll run it through you. But, through with you because I think it's powerful and it's not to show off or be a smart ass about it it's actually to show you that this is what we do and we do it every day of the week so we um uh this homeowner saw us do another renovation over the road and I knew her from my gym so you know isn't it like I say to people tell them what you do so they know that you actually a renovator and that you can help them they're a young couple they had a, built a house up in um, Serpentine up in the hills and they had just signed, unbelievable, they just signed pr prior to COVID and then two and a half years it's taken these assholes to build their house for them. It's just gone on and on. Anyway, their house that they'd been living in was a bachelor pad. It was um, every room was dark, dingy, looked dreadful. She hated it. She's like, I want to go and live in my beautiful home and I don't want to deal with this shithole anymore. And the boyfriend's like, okay, we'll sell it. And she's like, I don't even want to do that. I just, I don't want to know about it. So when I came in and said, hey, if you let me come in and renovate it, like I'll give you a good price for it in this market. You, you guys just have to walk away, go and live in your beautiful home, blah, blah. We went in, spent about 70K renovating it, made it look beautiful. It's a little three by one in Hillman, which is a very 
sought after area right now, which it never used to be. It used to be a shithole of Rockingham. <laughs> now it's absolutely everyone wants to live there. We did four and a half weeks, so in, out, put it back on the market, sold it for a ridiculous price. The market is just pumping right right now. So we sold it for five hundred and thirty eight thousand. We bought it for three hundred. We spent seventy on it. We made one hundred and seventy six thousand in four five weeks. And of course, David and I work 50-50, so we split that $76,000 each for four weeks' work. That's the stuff we do. And people say, oh, why would anyone sell your house, like knowing what price you can make it by doing the work? And I'm like, because they don't care. They don't care. They want out. They don't, they don't want to deal with it. They don't have the money or the time or the intention to do anything. And if I'm going to go in there and often give them the price that the house is worth, Plus, we gave them a loan for $15,000 to cover their mortgage while we did the renovation. Who else is going to do that? And they're like, oh. So I just created a win-win-win. The market is bumping along really crazy. Now, they'll look, they know the price that we that we got, and it doesn't bother them. They know we're going to, I say to them, is it okay if we make some money along the way too? And they're like, yeah, shit, yeah, because we've done all the work. We spent the money, we made the house look amazing, got the knowledge, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's the deal we did last week. And people are going, shit, so I could. And one of the ladies in my class is just sitting there going, I don't even earn that much every year. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly, right? I said, so do you think you could do one of them a year? She goes, oh, shit, I'd like to. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pick me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, we've got another four. We've got people that have signed contracts with us. So, um so, yes, it, for people to say, oh, that sounds all a bit fanciful and, and you know, rah, 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 and I'm like, no, this is what we're doing now and it's not about ripping people off and it's not about um, doing underhand things. You always offer people a fair price for their house. Obviously, you know, if something needs work, you're not going to offer top dollar, but you know that what you're offering is like they wouldn't get that much if they took it to the market. All they'd get would be lowball offers. And you're also offering to help them, you know, giving them money to help them tide them over until uh, the property settled. That was a game changer for them. Like, yeah, well, this is pretty easy. And then she rang me just before they were moving out. She goes, do I need to clean it? And I'm like, hell no. I'm going to demolate. I'm going to rip everything out. Don't, don't worry about it. And she goes, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> winning. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is incredible. That's just one situation. Every house has a story. I mean, we do buy houses for cash as well. Like, it just depends. I could never have done that because I didn't have money. But my money partners have money. You don't need to have money. You just need to know. And, like, I remember my property mentor tell, told me this in the early days. If the deal stacks up and, it look, and the numbers work, the money will be there. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's great for you to say you've got plenty of money. How does that work for me? And, and she's like, oh, you don't get it yet. <laughs> when you get it, you'll get it. And then she's right. So once you understand the power of other people's money and working that system so that it's uh, equitable and fair, the world is a different place. And that's what that's what people are kind of think they when they hear stuff, they're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I like you could. Yeah. That's the problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's amazing. skeptics that might say well why would an investor give you that money like why don't they just do it themselves what's the benefit for them yeah that's a great question why wouldn't they do it themselves because they don't have the time 
that's the biggest one. They don't have time. They don't have any knowledge necessarily. They might have cash, but they don't have a clue how to actually renovate themselves. A lot of people don't really want to do the work. Like if they can hook up with someone who does all the hard work for them and we do it, we make it so easy. We do everything and we think of everything and we market it and we sell it. And like basically, like I'll have investors now that say, oh, I just want to work with you because it's so easy because they know they give me their money and in four months they get back a return plus their interest and they go, so when can we do another yeah. one? And, you know, once you've done one and you've actually worked, they've worked out that you're legitimate, you're honest and you do everything you say you're going to do, they'll keep working with you. And that's what you that's what you learn as you go through. If you have integrity and you do what you say you're going to do, then you will always do well. If you're going to be a shark and you're going to rip people off and you absolutely do a shitty job with your reno, then that's not going to work well for you. Unfortunately, in this market at the moment, you could do a pretty shitty renovation and you still make money. But it's integrity, like reputation, you know, all of those things. So, yeah, it's massive, Rosie. Like I feel like it sounds like it's too good to be true, but, of course, it takes work. It takes commitment. It takes knowledge. It's not like you can just go in there and make a million bucks in your first year like people tell you. That's rubbish. It's It takes time. It takes commitment. It's like any business. You would know this. It's not easy. I mean, you're developing your podcast and, and your reach. You've had to work at that, right? This is the same. It's just a different way of doing things. And I, I love that you can blow people's minds by saying, you could do this. And they're like, yeah, no, that sounds like rubbish. And I'm like, no, well, it's not. It actually no. is. And when I first it's spoke amazing. to you, I said, I want to learn this. So, you know, I'm going to be doing your mastermind next year because you're teaching people your expertise. Like, I think it's a way to fast track it. It's not going to stop people making mistakes, but you're giving them a big leg up and like, this is how you get started. Yeah. And that's the, like, getting started is really important, right? Taking that first step. I can't wait to have you on the mastermind because I reckon you're going to go, oh my God, you're blowing my mind. (laughs) You're already (laughs) blowing my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the thing is though, it's not just a business that that makes money. It's a business that makes you feel good. Mm. It's a business that the feeling of you look at a house and you go, this has got good bones, but it just, it looks dreadful. It's had no love and no respect. And I, I talked to all my house. I know probably people, I was talking to my guys last night and I was talking about, we're just about to put one on the market. And um, I'm like, I'm going to say this, gonna, I don't care if you think I'm a nut, right? But every house, before I put on the market, I go there when there's no one else there and I sit there and I talk to the house and I I feel like I thank the house for um, letting us make improvements and I'm like, I'd really love it if you would pick a beautiful family that's yeah. going to move in here, yeah. you know, and, like, people go, you're nuts. <laughs> I don't care. Well, that bloody works. <laughs> you <know>. so. <laughs> Whatever works, right? <laughs> So interesting, the house that we're just about to put on the market is a very high-end house. This is the first one we've done and a tragic story behind it. So marriage breakup, uh, the son committed suicide, not in the house but elsewhere pre-COVID, and then the family just disintegrated around that whole experience. It would have been incredibly sad. I felt it when I walked in the house. There was su- such a heavy energy in the house and it was dark and dingy and lots of red brick and and, and I'm like, we need to make you beautiful again. And we have, it's exceptional. I'm just so happy with it. It's been not without its challenges, but now it's white and bright and light and it's 50 metres from the beach. It's beautiful. 
And I was talking to one of my mentors last night and I'm like, I need, I feel like I need to just go and talk to the house again before we have the first time open. It's just like, do it, do it, do it, because I feel like the son's still there in some respects. So I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to his mum and like try and move that energy. Like the vibe in there is so much better, but I still feel there's a lingering one. And like, if you don't clear that, it will repel buyers. And I don't know why people just feel stuff and they don't know why they don't like the house, but they'll just not come and not want to buy it. You know what I mean? So that's a large part of it as well. It's like, yeah, we have a little ceremony and we do a sage dick and, you know, (laughs) it is a bit woo-woo, but I firmly believe that houses have energy just as people have energy. Just goes to show that you're running a business that is so aligned with your values and your beliefs. 100%. That's probably why we got attracted to each other in terms of pursuit of freedom. So pursuit of freedom to me means not a pursuit of not doing work. Mm. I love work when it's something that aligns with who I am as a person and what I can offer people. And this incredibly is, this business is about not only improving, like it's not about renovating at all. It's about empowering people. It's also about um, like changing things for the better. Because one thing, one thing that people don't talk about with renovations is not only do you make the house beautiful and you make a great environment for a new family, what always happens is the whole street, the whole street. And now in Hillman we've renovated two homes, one on each side of the street. So what do you think has happened to all the values in that they've gone like this? Over the last six months, the values have gone from here to here. And because nicer people, lovely people are moving into the, because that street always had a terrible reputation as drug dealers, idiots, hoons, the whole lot. Those people have moved out because one, the one we did over the road was a mortgage, a bank sale that was a drug house. So they've moved out. And then the ones down the road that were their friends, they've moved out. And there's only one family left now in that street that's shit. And the rest, all the people are like, and we had neighbours come and say, thank God you're doing this. It's going to be lovely having good people back in the street because yeah. it used to be an awesome street. So you have that community um, value lift as well. And I think that's what a lot of people don't acknowledge, you know, not only renovating, you're bringing the standard up. You're doing good for the rest of the community in that street, for the for the families in that area. So I love it. I think it's awesome. We always have neighbours going, oh, we think you're doing a great job. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. It's awesome. I I can't remember if you said it to me. Yeah, you did. A quote was, you can have it all. And that is not something we are told. You can't have it all. How dare you? You've got to suffer. (laughs) So tell me more. How, what do you mean by we can have it all? I, I know you don't mean life's easy breezy and sit back, relax, be lazy. So what do you mean you can have it all? And how the heck do we get it? Well, you ask really hard questions, Rosie. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> having, having it all to me means not anything about money. You know what having it all means? Um, this is spooky because I was having a conversation with my mentor again last night who I've been working with for about four years now, and she goes, I need to remind you of how much your life has changed, not only since you left FIFO but even before that. And she said, I want you to actually start celebrating your wins more. So having it all to me means 
yes, we have a business and we're growing that business and it's making pretty good money at the moment. I don't, I don't say we're rolling in it or anything like that, but you know what it does mean? It means that I've given employment to two people who have been in pretty crappy situations themselves and then have found a new purpose and new meaning in coming into our team. So that's been fucking amazing. And that's another story in itself. I've been able to employ my daughter. She's just joined our business. She's 26 and she must have inherited some of her mother's stubbornness and independence and made, like, I don't need your (laughs) stupid advice about property. I'm just going to do my own thing. And, and yes, that hadn't ended well for her. She She ended up having a baby when she was 19. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted for you, but hey, I'm still here for you. Anyway, He's seven now. She's gone. I've picked some really stupid men to go out with and I've made some mistakes, but now she's in the place where she's listening. So she's like making miraculous in crazy steps going forward now. She's just joined us. She's loving it. She's my new CEO in the making for sure. Having it all means that Shelley and I get to make decisions about what we do in terms of do we go into the office today or do we go to the pub for lunch? Like, we mm. can do that and not feel guilty. We, I mean, don't get me wrong, we work freaking hard. And she's shoveling mulch with me in 30-degree heat. You know, we, we work hard, but we also love what we do. And I think when you say having it all, you're doing something you love. Now, Shelley was working in the prison. She hated it. She was there 20 years. So she was in a prison in some ways, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She joined the business at the January, and she's now working full-time in the business. And... So for her, it's something she loves, right? So I think you can have it all. Um, it depends what you're having it all means. It's different for everyone, but it's not about money at all. Having having the ability to change people's lives by doing something that inspires them, I call that having it all. And then now teaching other people, I have such a passion for that. Like I go home at the end of the sessions going, wow, blew my mind, you know, People are actually taking action, doing things and proving to themselves that they can do it. I still get people who do the course and they're like, mm, and they're not ready yet, they're not ready, but they've taken more steps in that time than they have ever before, you know what I mean? Like every does it, everyone does it at their own pace. So, you know, if I, if I had my way, I'd have 10 people doing deals, but two of them are. So that's massive, you know, that's more than, than I would have thought would have been possible. So... So having it all is different, though. Like my having it all would be different to yours. But having the freedom to decide for yourself and not being told by your boss Ah. whether you can take time off to do this or that or if I want to go to my grandson's sports carnival, I make time on my day to do it. I can. can, I'm the boss, so I can decide whether I'm going to do that or or I'm going to do other things. So I think that is freedom. It really is freedom. And freedom of doing things that other people expect you to do as well it's like no Mm. you know I get to I get to donate to charities that I think are awesome or not it it's my choice I don't have anyone telling me what I should or shouldn't do that to me is everything so it's massive when you actually it's making me go it's when you actually stop and think I'm so busy doing the doing I don't often reflect but that's exactly what it means so yeah Very cool. Great question. And great answer. (music) 
And what you just said there, you get so busy doing the doing. I think that's most people. So if someone's busy doing the doing, but they've got this feeling like, oh, I just want something different. Like it doesn't feel right, but they're just, they're not taking action because they don't know where to start. Whether it's property or something else, what would you say the good first step? Just something actionable. Oh, you're putting me on the spot today. All right. <laughs> you're great at it, though. <laughs> uh, I think the first step really is often it's the fuck me, I'm not doing this anymore moment. But if it's not that dramatic, like if you've got an intrinsic I remember the feeling, and I'm pretty sure you do as well. If you've got that intrinsic, I know this is what people expect of me, but it's not me, it's not suiting me. If you've got that in your gut and your intuition is telling you that you are born for more, everyone has a purpose when they're on this earth, and if you feel like your soul is not doing what it should be doing, then you've got to change that, and only you can do it. I, you know, I would love to say that you can do X, Y, Z, but unfortunately, I don't think that that's possible. I think everyone intrinsically knows they need to do something different. But I think it's also working out what it is that you want to do. And if it's just a gut feel that, oh, I don't know, something's just not right here, then that should be enough for you to start exploring what actually it is your passion. And for me, nursing was definitely something I love doing because I love helping people but I feel like it wasn't the right thing. I feel like I'm put on this earth to teach other people, to empower other people, to make a difference in their lives. So I know that's part of my why. And trying to figure out your why is huge and often takes quite a few years. But they're the, sort, they're the sorts of first steps that I would say to people, start questioning why. Why are you in that job? What is it that you want to do? And seek out answers. Don't just accept what someone's told you you have to do. Yeah, mm. like I know you've had that realisation as well, like getting in a van with a dog and driving, like that's huge. How many people told you were nuts? Probably quite a few. Yeah. 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 But you did it anyway. Um, same with me. I had peeps of people saying, oh, you shouldn't leave your job. Like, that's really, really dangerous. Like, that's really risky. And I'm like, no, what's risky is staying there and being resentful and angry and shitty because it's not what your soul and passion is. So your first, your first steps are definitely figuring out what it is that you want to do. And then, like, my mantra has always been, if I don't know how to do something, I will go pay someone to teach me. And I've spent thousands of dollars on um, coaching and education in property alone because if I don't know that skill, the easiest, quickest way is to get someone who's doing that to teach you. And that's what I'm doing for other people. I think it's pointless uh, trying to learn it yourself the hard way or rather learn from the best and then you go and then you implement it your own way. And that's exactly what I've done. So I think first steps are always like questioning, figuring out what your why is, and then taking steps to actually figure that stuff out and, and move and get momentum to change. Otherwise, you just hear the, I don't know, if you've been at a barbecue and people are whinging, I can't oh. be around that anymore. I just go, I don't I don't hang out with anyone that does it anymore because can't, they can't be in my world. I hang out with people who are excited to be there and excited to do what they're doing. Yeah, when you're around that negative Nelly energy, move on, get out of it, not good. 
And one thing I would say is I think I've really learned to trust myself. Yeah. You've got to listen to that voice and you're going, this isn't right. I need something different. And be kind to yourself. You're not going to figure it out Intuition and yeah, like exactly. I, don't, I don't reckon I didn't start listening to my intuition until I was in my 40s. I always had it. Everyone has. But it can be a feeling in here or it can be feeling here. But you should listen to that because that will always serve you. And when you do, when you start listening to it and actually um, harnessing it, like I was saying before when I talk to sellers or agents or anyone for that matter, if I get um, – if my intuition is going – yeah, there's not. That's yeah, they're not aligned to me. It's a real wake up call for me to go. This is not a deal, and you'll get that a lot. You know, a lot. We talk to a lot of people, and it's just it's not not a match, not a match at all. So it's good to recognise that and move on. Um, there's people we can help, and there's people we just can't. And I think that's really like you need to harness that intuition and do what it is that you're here to do. And I think that's that's really important stuff. It's sad when you see people who are just doing shit, they hate it, they hate it, they hate it. It's like dying inside, really. <laughs> why, why do that to yourself? Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Life is for living, so let's start living. <laughs> and something you said I want to go back to, you've said you've, you've said no to a lot of deals. I find saying no really hard. I've got a lot better at it, but the people pleaser in me just wants, yes, or you, th you said I'm really good at this, okay, I'll do that. So... What's your advice for learning how to say no and just standing in your power? Because I think a lot of people, especially women, oh, need to get better at saying no. That's a really good question. I was a people pleaser. I still am to some some extent. It's the hardest thing in the world because mm -hmm. you want to help everyone, right? Definitely um, hardest thing in the world to overcome. I actually found that I needed some really good advice uh, so I actually have a mindset coach that I work with because it's not just your mindset, it's everything. And people-pleasing is a large part of, um, I think, trauma response as well. There's a lot of people-pleasing that goes along with that. You don't even know you're doing it. The scary thing is you're, you've gone, oh, I'm doing that again. Like I still do it. And I think I've had a couple of deals that have been really difficult because I've slipped back into a bad habit of going, oh, yeah, okay, let's do that. And your gut's going, no, 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 we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think you always have it. I don't think it always goes away. But you've, I think I've got a lot better at recognising it and going, oh, no, dickhead, don't do that. Whap, slap me down and, and go, actually, and I was talking about this yesterday with a team, like the deals that have done exceptionally well have been when we followed our processes and we followed our um, things 100% to the letter. When we deviate from that and we do a bit of the old people pleasing, things go off the rails. And that's exactly what happens in life as well. If you don't follow uh, your intuitive path and you slip into the, yes, we can do that, even though you're going, what the hell am I doing saying this? Yeah, it's a hard habit to break. And I actually really feel like it could be pathological in some people to their detriment. And I see it all the time, particularly with women. And nurses are the worst. Nurses and teachers, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like helping professions, right? You're renowned for the Florence Nightingale bloody, you know, I'm here to be everyone else's servant and all this sort of bullshit. I know when I first started nursing, our doctors and surgeons and specialists were treated like gods and we had to sort of yeah. be like, oh, hell no, we're not doing that shit anymore, you know. So 
that's what I grew up with and that's what my expectations of myself were. And so it's like this huge battle to go, actually, I'm important. Actually, what I want is important. Actually, I'm going to do that. And fuck you if you don't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> to that stage where you go, yeah, no, nah, we're not doing that. So that's a huge learning curve. Yeah, I don't know if there's an easy answer for that one either, Rosie, but I, I saw that I ha- had to change this because it was actually restricting how far I was going to grow. And so I worked with a coach and, like, we worked through recognising these sort of patterns and, and fixing them so they don't create these problems for you. Um, I think you go into relationships with that as well and they end badly. You, you're the doormat. You're going to be the one that gets abused. You're this, you're that, you know. So definitely um, important to get on top of for sure. I agree. So tell me in the background. Yes, can you see her? <laughs> Thank yes, you. she's been chilling here while we're chatting. <laughs> she's been good so far. I'd take mine out or they'd be jumping all over me and carrying on like idiots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great question though, Rosie, because I think lots of women struggle with this and it's important to get on top of because it can really, really derail you yeah. and create all sorts of issues and how do I know that? I've been through it, done it. It's yeah. not worth it. And it's a lesson yeah. I'm constantly relearning because like you you do fall into bad habits. Often when you're feeling a bit wobbly, you know, you just default to old yeah. patterns. But one thing that's really helped me is recognizing that when I say no to stuff, it actually allows me to focus on the shit that matters. It frees yeah. up time, capacity, mental space to actually do the shit I want to mm. do. I think it's also I had to learn how to set healthy boundaries with people. Mm. So even the people, even in my family, you know, this is often where it comes from. This is what you learn as a child that you're not important, you're not what your needs are aren't necessarily good. Um, So, yes, I've had to set boundaries with my family. I think I mentioned to you before, like I don't tell one side of my family what I do because they think I do illegal things because I've, I don't know, because they don't understand it mm-hmm. and they get very resentful the fact that we're doing quite like we we do well financially, um, but they don't understand the business that I'm in, so I just don't talk about it anymore. I think I can still love them. They are the, who they are, but they're never going to accept that we, we are wealthy and we are getting more successful. And I don't say that to boast. It's just that the, the reality is when you're doing something that's aligned, the money will come and people get resentful and jealous of that. That's your family. What can you do? You just go, I love you, but I don't understand why you can't understand what I do. It's not that hard, you know. So, yeah, I think boundary setting is really important. Then you then you really keep your what you need close to you and you don't allow people to overstep the boundaries. If they overstep the boundaries, you just slap them back with love. But you've got to re- – you've got. I've had to learn this. Um, people do things – sometimes with not the best intentions and it's good to recognise that and set those boundaries around that. And I think if you do that in a healthy way, that's really important. And I'm, I'm teaching that to my daughter who's getting it quicker than I ever could at her age. Like she's going to be scary when she's 40. She's getting all the lessons I got when I was 40 and I'm like, damn, I wish I'd known that when I was in my 20s. But you're not ready to, you're not ready to hear it then. You're ready to hear it when you're ready. And I've got a lady in my class now, she's 70, She's like, oh, I'm too old. And I'm like, who says? Yeah. You know, who's who's dictated that? And she goes, I live with a narcissist and I thought my life was over and, and you've given me some hope. And I'm like, absolutely. 
but it's up to you how far you take this. I can motivate you and I can talk to you, but up to you to take the steps. And I think that, again, is around boundary setting because, like, me would be like, I want to do everything for these people, and you can't. You, ha- you, ca- you absolutely can't. You have to go, this is the information. You can absolutely do it, but you need to do this, not me. As an educator, as a teacher, you would know this. You can't do it for them. I want to. I want to push them, push them, push them, make it, but you can't. (laughs) You really can't. And I'm going through this at the moment because I'm trying to support my sister. I wish I could just force her to do the work and the healing, but all I can do is I guess I'm there. And when she's ready, she will do it. I can't force anything. And it's a tough lesson to learn. I know. Well, that's 100%. Like as a parent, as a, as a sibling, you know, do you, it was exceptionally painful me, for me to watch my daughter go through what she went through. And and she was basically abandoned by her father when she decided to keep the baby. Um, she, I remember him calling me and he's like, can't you, can't you like insist or like ch- tell her that she has to have a termination? And, and it was late stage pregnancy and I'm like, who the fuck are you thinking about? I'm like, I will not do that. I don't particularly like what she's doing and I don't particularly like where she's at, but she's my daughter and I will never abandon her. And it's hard, but look at now. She's come around, she's down the track. She's going to be in a magnificent woman because she's gone through all that shit and experienced that. How many 26-year-olds buying their own house, having their own independence? Most 26-year-olds are out freaking partying, drinking, don't care about too much. She's like, oh, she's she is seriously the next CEO of my office. Um, of my business she she gets shit and she has that intuition already built in so she's I just think it's massive imagine if our kids got taught this at school game changing right but they're never going to teach you that you have to get a job and you've got to go through a loan through a bank and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you're like fuck off you don't you don't need to do any of those things what you do need to do is learn that anything is possible and I am limitless and um Oh, I would love it if we started teaching this in school. Can you absolutely. imagine? Absolutely. That's part of the problem. You I'm know? like, I can't do this. Only lasted two years because I thought, geez, they're trying to get me to brainwash these kids. No, thanks. No, nah. no. Nah. But you can do Don't. magic with what you're doing right now, right? Because you're reaching heaps of people who need to hear the message. You're teaching by example, doing and following your passion. And I'm doing the same and I'm getting to encourage, like imagine as my daughter at 26 is getting this stuff, my seven-year-old grandson is also learning this stuff. He's got two incredibly powerful women that he's teaching him. Imagine what it's going to be like for him. And I think that's all we can do. We can only influence people that we can influence and it's all about influence. The same with your sister. If you could influence her, you would, and you are by doing by being you. You can't push them. You can't tell them what to do. You just have to let them work it out, and they will eventually, and it's frustrating as hell. (laughs) But that's part of being a teacher. That's part of being an educator is like um, teaching how you live, doing, walking the talk, doing the job that you talk about all the time, and I think that's all you can do. Influence is huge. By teaching people what's possible, I think you do go a huge way to making a difference. And following your passion is definitely part of that. So I think it's incredibly powerful, incredibly frustrating to see people sort of struggling and 
and thinking that they don't have a choice or there's no options for them. That's sad. The more that we can chat and do podcasts like this and get the word out there, the, the way better it's going to be. Some talking to you, Rosie. You've asked some fabulous questions, I've got to say. <laughs> I love it. And you've done an amazing job because for those of you listening, if you're not aware, I don't give my guests questions in advance. No. <laughs> I put them on the spot. <laughs> I love it though because it's much more organic. It's more like it's real. Why, why do a scripted podcast? I, exactly. I don't get it. It's, it's got to be a conversation that is spontaneous and real and that's definitely what it's been. Thank you so much, Julie, for sharing your wisdom, your experience. I feel absolutely invigorated after this conversation and I think you would have piqued curiosity in a lot of our listeners. I mean, obviously people who tune into this podcast. Yeah. The pursuit of freedom. Obviously, they wanted a bit of change, so absolutely, yeah. Renovation could be the path for them. If some, if if there's people who are going, okay, this sounds amazing. I want to learn a bit more. What can they do? What direction can they go in? Contact me. I don't have any fancy marketing or any of that. Like I'll probably, I'll probably get, <laughs> I'll probably get a rocket up the bum to do that next year. I, I would guess so I could. Reach the people, but <laughs> Those who know me know I'm real. So whenever I advertise any of my classes, I just do it on Facebook usually and people just contact me. I've got a lot of people following me there now from all the work that we've done, which is awesome. I would suggest either contact Rosie or um, I could put up my Facebook. Yeah, we'll put your details in the description for sure. The details. I did do up a little flyer too, whether you could share that we as well, Rosie. That. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it it just goes through basically what we what we teach and it's not – it really isn't just a renovating course. Like there's millions of them out there and I've done pretty much all of them. It's not about that at all. I think the difference is the implementation of the information because lots of people go to like they go to a boot camp or they'll go to a, um, you know, they'll pay for a, a course or whatever and they'll go rah and they'll get all inspired and then it lasts about three weeks and then you'll see them a year later and, they'll, and you'll say, how's that going? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Next question, they've done nothing with it because they get lost. They have no confidence. They don't – it's easy to learn, rope learn from books and videos and stuff like that. I think the hard part is actually get off your ass and implement it. And um, when you do that, different game-changing. Yeah, because I yeah. think a lot of courses out there, they might teach you the what, they don't teach you the how, and they don't give you the support or the mm-hmm. coaching to, to help get you there because no. as well as your mastermind, you often – uh, offer coaching services too, don't you? Yeah. I want people to go through what I teach first mm, and then they understand mm, mm. and then I can do the ass kickery from there. Um, ass so kickery, I love that. <laughs> In a nice way, with love, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I found that uh, the people that did the 12-week course, they're like, oh, what's next? Yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. So now I've got we just still meet up for an hour each week and then we do – implementation so ask agree <laughs> accountability and then it's just an ongoing I'm trying to build a community I think that's the guts of what I'm trying to do is that people then have support within the community and everyone that does my initial course will go into an evergreen Facebook community so they get to talk to each other they'll deal their deals will be made people hook up work together that's the kind of environment I want so I think people just need that ongoing support as well so I try and make it not not, ex, not expensive for people as well. I think a lot of education in property is very expensive. 
and I've paid for most of it over the years. But I think I'd love to be able to do those courses every quarter and then just build that community. And they're generally all women. I've got a couple of men in there, but mostly women, mostly people who want to actually change where they're at and do something different. And I think when you've got a community of people like that, it's really powerful. So, yeah, I'm happy to share that information. If people want to contact me, I'm more than happy to chat to them. So Perfect. Details in the description. And Julie, final question to put you on the spot. What would be your parting message to people listening? Is there something you really want them to take away from our chat today? Yeah, definitely. I think it goes back to what we talked about probably in the first first half an hour is that if you find that you are dissatisfied with where you are or you're unhappy or you know that there's something that, I mean, if you love your life and everything is great, well, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast for a start, right? <laughs> so most people are looking, searching for something. My message would be find out what it is that you are destined to do and do it. Don't make excuses. Like get off get off your comfy couch is what my first mentor used to say to me. She'd be like, don't go back to Port Edland and sit on the comfy couch, Julie. I'm going to kick your ass if next time I see you, you've done nothing. And I'm like, oh, God. Okay. So that would be my message. Like really, if you're not happy with where you're at, take that first step. Come and talk to me. Talk to you. Like find out what it is that you have a passion for, where you want to be, and do something about it and stop making excuses and stop making that story real. The more you Mm. tell yourself the story, the more you're not going to take any action. And I think when you when you really are passionate about something, it will come. And if it takes ten years, it takes ten years. But eventually, it won't go away, right? You've got that thing niggling in the back of your head. You know you need to do it. So my my advice is do something about it. Take some sort of action. Talk to someone. Figure out what it is that you want to do and do something about it. It's not always easy. I know it sounds so simple. <laughs> when I say it, I'm like, just do it, you know. <laughs> But it, it is that simple, right? It really is. The difficulty is it's not easy to do, but it's worth it. It changes your life. Both you and I are on paths where we feel aligned and making a difference and, yeah, living, you know, we feel joy in what we do. And I think everybody yeah. deserves that. So everybody, don't go sit on the comfy couch. Take some action. You're worth it and you deserve right. it. <laughs> I love talking to you, Rosie. Thank you so much. Likewise. um, I definitely, when we kick off in um, January, I'll send you the details because I think the more people who can do it from different aspects, like I get a lot of people in WA hooking up, of course, but we also have people from Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. It doesn't matter where you are. This stuff works wherever. It's not about where you're located or anything like that. It's more about... I have people say to me, oh, I don't know if it'll work in my area. And I'm like, why wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the same Stop thing. making excuses. Like, yeah. Exactly. And like, <laughs> I'll call them out on it in a nice way. And I did this last night with a lady. She's like, I'm not sure if the area I've got is, is relevant. I'm like, is that real? Is that just a story you're telling? And she goes, oh, you, you caught me out again. Yeah, what? shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, I love being able to help people change their worlds. And I think anyone that does that stuff gets a kick out of it. And as a teacher, you would exactly like we're here to do some good. And and I'm not saying, I'm certainly not promising that it's easy and I'm not promising that it'll be um, uh, something that's going to happen in five minutes. But what I am promising you is that when you start taking steps towards positive change, 
you'll be amazed at what you can achieve, absolutely amazed. And even in the two years I've been doing this, it's been incredibly fast in some ways from being in a job to running a business with a team of four and then and we're going to we're going to grow again next year and then now starting education like it's massive and I think acknowledging that is but when you decide right that's what I'm going to do and you go do it then it happens so it's awesome thank you Julie we will definitely have you back on talk to you soon thanks Rosie take care hey just the best she was so generous with her time and the wisdom that she shared it just blows me away she's a wonderful human being i'm so glad i met her on tiktok of all places don't knock it until you try it feel free to go find me on there at cookalini that's my username but i will put julie's details in the description i'll put her facebook page she's a really awesome chick as you can probably tell from this conversation i'm sure she'd love to talk to you I'll be doing a course in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited for that. If that's something you're interested in, message her, find out more, and maybe you want to do it. Remember, you're worth it and you are so, so capable. And I will see you next week in episode 28. Catch ya. If this episode resonated with you at all, could I please ask that you share it with a friend who you think could get value from it? And whilst you're doing that, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. And whilst you're following or subscribing, please leave us um, a rating, preferably five stars, and also a written review. Doing each of these things is going to help this podcast reach more people and impact more lives, which is at the end of the day is what we're here to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, you matter, you're worth it, and you are so, so capable. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you next week.